Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. Hello, self-lover. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. Thousands of people have this book and the five-star reviews are so amazing. They give me so much life. So I hope that this is something that can help you too. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. After releasing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I realized that we really needed something to keep us going every single day. So not a deep dive workbook, but maybe like a micro dose of self-love in your daily life, which is why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love. It's a guided journal with, you guessed it, 100 prompts that cover so many areas of life, including body, identity, purpose, emotions, mindset, relationships, and more. So you can really think of it as a metaphor multivitamin, something to keep you going, or as I like to say, growing on your self-love journey. You can get this journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. It's my mission to share all the self-love tea with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can do just that. I cry every year on my birthday. I don't try to. I don't plan to. It just always happens. Even last year, I thought I had a really good birthday. Well, I did have a really good birthday, so I don't want one emotion to take away from another one because they can coexist all together simultaneously, and they are all welcome to be felt. But I thought that maybe 25 was the year where I wouldn't cry on my birthday. And then it was like 11.30 p.m. and all this shit went down with my dad and I cried myself to sleep. And I was like, great, this is very on brand for me. (laughs) And I never talked about this. I've never really told anybody about my birthday blues that I get every single year, like for as long as I can remember. And then at this last retreat that I just hosted... I just got back from hosting a woman's self-love retreat in Portugal. I was traveling for two weeks, Portugal, then Morocco. My birthday's actually tomorrow. And I was talking about it to one of the gals who attended the retreat. And she brought up getting really depressed on her birthday. And I'm like, wait, that happens to you? Because that happens to me. And then I went to the internet and oh my goodness, there's hundreds of articles about it. And there's lots of Reddit threads on it, which are very validating. So I thought, why not do an episode on this? And when I first started thinking about doing an episode on this, I'm like, no, well, what if this is the year that you are not sad on your birthday, Mary? Because everything is objectively really good. And again, it is really good. And I am really grateful. And my gratitude doesn't take away from some complicated feelings that tend to come up around my birthday. And after reading these Reddit threads, I think I can just admit to myself that February 8th, the day I was born, 
tends to be a little bit triggering for me. And I really saw myself in some of these stories that were shared on Reddit. And just before pressing record on this podcast episode, came to this realization that historically, my birthday is just a loaded day. You know, having divorced parents wondering who is going to celebrate me and how, and then wanting to please my parents. And I just remember always feeling really torn on my birthday and it never felt like a unified celebratory experience. It was always just really heavy, particularly my eighth birthday. I'm not going to get into the details of it because it's painful and private, but it was the hardest day of my childhood and my birthday ended up being a big reminder of the trauma that I went through. I think that's probably the earliest that I started crying every year on my birthday. And now I'm coming up on my 26th birthday tomorrow. And I thought maybe this is the year that it's going to be fantastic because I just got home from a retreat and I got to visit Morocco and I'm so excited to be home and be with my family And now I have this tickle in my throat. So I'm like, I'm probably going to be sick on my birthday. And it's a really rainy week where I'm at. And all that to say, (laughs) I think a birthday cry is still going to happen. But the only difference between this year's birthday cry and previous year's birthday cries is that I'm no longer ashamed to admit that I get the birthday blues and I get them pretty hardcore and sometimes they extend even throughout the whole month. I'm coming up on 26 and to me 26 means a lot of things. It means more than halfway through my 20s and it also means for those of us who live in the United States of America, I no longer have guaranteed health insurance because I'm getting kicked off my parents' plan the day I turn 26. So thoughts about my health and trying to conceive and what that looks like for my family's future. Those thoughts are definitely at the forefront. So that's like logistically. Energetically, 26 also means that I'm soon entering my Saturn return. And I don't know if you follow astrology or believe deeply into it. And I honestly didn't either until I started hosting these retreats and noticed that the majority of people who attend my retreats hover between the ages of like 25, 26, especially 27, 28, 29. And they experience huge life changes around this time of the Saturn return. A Saturn return is basically like when Saturn makes one full loop around the sun. So it's kind of like your Saturn birthday and it tends to mean big life changes. So if you are aligned to the path that you're ultimately supposed to be on, then a Saturn birthday will just propel you really quickly forward and further into that path. But if you're misaligned or if something needs to change for whatever cosmic reason, if you believe in that, Saturn can also starkly redirect you to the path that you're ultimately supposed to be on. It's not always a bad thing, but it can just come with like 
unnerving changes that you never thought would happen. So I don't know if that's going to be me, but I just know from talking to so many women who come to my retreats, and even when I ask people who are older than 28 to reflect on their lives, they will always mark something significant happening around that age. So I definitely believe in it, even though I don't really want to believe in it. So 26 is like one year closer to my Saturn return and trying to get pregnant and stuff. I'm like, what is that going to entail? Am I going to become a mom? Like, how is motherhood going to treat me? So anyway, thinking about a lot as I'm nearing my birthday, birthdays like many milestones tend to put us in very reflective states while simultaneously putting all this pressure on the future, which I think you kind of picked up on in my voice as I'm (laughs) trying to figure out what my life is going to look like. Have you ever heard that quote that's like, If you want to make God laugh, tell her your plans. I fucking love that quote because it just reminds me to humble myself and recognize that I don't have as much control as I think I do and so much more can change than I expect and anticipate. It doesn't mean it's going to be a bad thing, but just kind of like it's okay to plan, but take it easy because your plans might be interrupted or redirected in some way. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, I would add it to my self-love playlist. And now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist. And these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. So birthdays, complicated. They might be a time, at least for me, they're a time when I expect that certain someone to call or show up for me and feel kind of let down when they don't. And when you're nearing a birthday, maybe you're thinking about doing some sort of gathering or celebration. And so you're thinking about who am I going to invite? Who are my true friends? So they kind of make you question a lot of things. And usually at least for me, birthdays make me question myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm not as far along as I want to be, or I didn't accomplish everything that I set out to by this arbitrary age that society says you have to have your shit together by. I know it's bullshit. I know everybody has their own timeline. I know that on any other ordinary day, I can usually talk myself through those thoughts, But something just hits harder on a birthday, right? Where you feel like, God damn it, I'm one year older. I'm not where I necessarily want to be. 
And I think over time, I've come to accept that the route to unhappiness is always thinking I'm not where I want to be and never feeling gratitude for how far you've come. So as hard as it is to stop that kind of thinking, I just tell myself that it's useless and it's not going to make me farther along. Like it's absolutely not going to do anything for my growth. I also remind myself that people overestimate what they can do in the short term but underestimate what they can do in the long term. So think about New Year's, right? We just passed this time of year where people are setting goals and they're like, by this time next year, I want to have all these things achieved and accomplished and checked off of my bucket list. And then you find yourself at that time next year and you might have only checked off one or two or three if you're an overachiever, but probably not everything. And that's because In the short term, we think that one year is such a long time, but it's actually such a small fraction of our lives. But if you look back at the past five or 10 years, I mean, you've probably grown tremendously, a lot more than you give yourself credit for. So instead of thinking short term, zoomed in, small minded, zoom out and see this bigger picture of your life unfolding and evolving. And maybe in this minutia, you can't really recognize that evolution, but all you need to do is expand that perspective. So anytime you catch yourself thinking, I'm so behind, I should be farther by now, look back and think about the person you were five years ago. Look me in the eye and tell me that you're not a totally different clump of cells than the clump of cells that you were five, ten years ago. I mean, so much changes in just a slightly bigger chunk of time. And you don't give yourself credit for it because you're too caught up in that one little year. And if you're around 30 years old, I mean, one year is one thirtieth of your life. What's the percentage of that? 3.3%. So you really want to tell me <laughs> that you're a failure because you didn't accomplish a life's worth of goals in 3.3% of a lifespan? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's not even a lifespan. That's your life up to this point. Like if you're looking at the average age that a woman lives and you think about one year out of 84, that's, hold on, let me do that math real quick in my calculator. Okay, one year out of an average female lifespan of 85 years old is less than 1.2%. So you're telling me that you're trying to do all this shit in less than 1.2% of your life? Like, cut it out. (laughs) You're fine. You're doing great. You're exactly where you need to be. Can you tell that I'm talking to myself? Anyway, I wanted to do this personal podcast episode just to make us feel less alone about these birthday blues. And I think even if you don't have like a February, March birthday, you might also be feeling this pressure with any milestone, right? Whether that's like a holiday or or a promotion or anniversary or any event or number that society deems extra important. Again, not only do we put pressure on ourselves to be at a certain point by that time, and it's always arbitrary and it never makes sense and it doesn't take your individuality or uniqueness ever into account. It's just literally made up bullshit. But anyway, it can also come with, all right, well, what's next? 
right? Like I've talked to my mom friends and they're like, as soon as I had my first baby, they're like, okay, when's the second? As soon as you get engaged, when's the wedding? As soon as you get married, when's the kids? As soon as you buy one house, it's when's the next? As soon as you even do anything remotely worth noting, it's not enough because there always has to be a follow-up. So we know that this sucks. So maybe we can stop participating in it by just being fully present and being fully accepting of exactly where we are right now. What's changing for me this year leading up to my birthday is instead of dreading my birthday and dreading the birthday cry and feeling stressed to plan something and make it fun and exciting and then post about it on Instagram. Don't even get me started about comparing birthday posts and parties. And this year, I can't even find the energy to be the center of attention, let alone plan anything. So all I'm doing is playing pickleball with my family and calling it a day. I did order myself a birthday cake and I might ask husband to take a photo of me for Instagram. But that's about it. And who knows if that'll even happen now that I have this tickle in my throat and I feel myself getting a little sick. So anyway, birthday blues are real, but you don't have to make them that deep. Like you could just cry on your birthday and also let yourself be loved and and celebrated. Another part about birthdays that's kind of weird for me is I just feel overwhelmed by texts and I always feel like I should respond to them right away and tell people how much I appreciate them. And then that also takes away from me receiving love because I'm so caught up and just giving it back to them and expressing that appreciation. And as always, I'm not saying that you should always be self-centered and never respond to your friends and say, thank you for loving on me. I'm just saying that you can receive love and take a breath and know that your true friends will not take it personally if you don't respond right away. Don't turn your birthday into judgment day of yourself. Lower the expectations and celebrate however you feel comfortable. And remember, it's just another day. Like you can literally redo it anytime you'd like, and it could feel more like your birthday than your actual birthday. My friend Sarah actually inspired this. Her birthday's in July, and I called her and I was like, Happy birthday. Oh my God, what are you doing? I love you. Da, da, da. And she's like, Actually, I decided that it's not my birthday because I had a pretty shitty day. So I am redoing it next Wednesday. And you can call me and wish me a happy birthday then. And I'm like, Heard, got it. And I love that for you because sometimes it is a shitty day and it is mega triggering and brings up all these complicated feelings and emotions about the past and the present and the future. But it doesn't have to be that way. As long as you let it pass through you instead of letting it encompass and define you. Again, this is me to me talking to me. (laughs) The last thing I want to share with you is some wise words from a Redditor that I saw on one of the Reddit forums I was reading about birthday blues. And the username is at Cafe Lexica. And they wrote, I don't feel like I ever got to have the stereotyped kid's birthday party. Oh my gosh, can relate to that so hard. I never felt celebrated, loved, prioritized by my family. I've resolved that in the next year or two. This year feels like a lot in terms of boundary setting, muscle flexing, so giving myself some grace, but I'll schedule a party for myself. I'll have ice cream, cake, board games, maybe a water balloon fight, 
because I have a summer birthday, and I'll invite my friends, not my family, if I don't want to, and only the friends that I think will genuinely be excited to be there, not the ones who will show up out of obligation. I'll ask for gifts with a $5 limit, genuinely thought out, rather get no gift than something you didn't put some love into. I'll be a little selfish. I love celebrating my friends and family. If they care for me like I care for them, they should enjoy celebrating me too. I'll theme the party and do a specifically decorated cake, balloons, streamers, whatever internal tiny me has a sad or longing feeling about. Oh my God, I got little, I got chills all over my body reading that. Like whatever little you wants to do on her birthday, do that. All that to say, it's okay to have complicated feelings about your birthday. I think most people with dysfunctional families do. It's also okay to want to flip the script or to not be ready to and to just want to stay at home in pajamas instead. I saw lots of comments saying, I just don't celebrate anymore because it was an opportunity for my N parents, which stands for narcissistic parents, to be cruel to me. But not a lot of I was invisible and I'm ready to not be. So wanted to offer a different perspective. Whatever you decide to do, however you move forward, I hope your day today and your birthday are both peaceful. Love, a person who cries at grocery store birthday cake displays and hopes you feel less alone. There's no better way that I'd want to end this podcast episode than by just telling you that you are not alone if you're a fellow Aquarius, Pisces, or feeling complicated things about whatever age that you're at. Know that you are not alone, but you're also exactly where you need to be. I love you so much. Happy birthday to me. If you liked this episode, it would truly make my day if you shared it on social media or better yet, sent it to a friend. That always means so much to me. And if you haven't already, reviews, words are my love language. I'm sick and tired of asking you to leave a review, but it truly helps this show so much. And I just hope that I can continue doing this, making these little (laughs) extended voice note recordings for you, hoping that they resonate. So let me know if they do, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Toodaloo! One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.